Hello and welcome to Renewables Weekly, a podcast that covers all the major news concerning the future of American fueling. I'm your host, Frank Huerta, and today's show is a two-parter. We are going to explore uh, EV charging in the current gas station model and ask the question, can EV charging resemble uh, gas stations and gas station fueling? And then we're going to go into the technical aspects of EV charging, specifically the different types of publicly available commercial EV charging, which are level two and level three chargers. So let's uh, get right into it. And we're going to talk about EV charging in the model of gas stations. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris visited a EV charging station in Maryland and was asked what her vision was for EV charging in America. And she said that she wanted it to look like a gas station. She wanted EV charging to resemble Americans filling up their car with gas. And that's fine. And it sounds good. But the problem is that EV charging in many ways is uh, nothing like a gas station at all. So we're going to go into the differences and uh, hopefully answer some questions and make this uh, future a little bit clearer for everybody as, as far as, you know, what, what's gonna, what, what is EV charging going to look like? in the future of America. So let's get uh, into the first question, and that is pricing. When you go to a gas station, you know exactly what the price is, and you know this because it's advertised right outside the gas station. And you can even look it up on an app, you know, Gas Buddy or whatever, to see what a gas station is charging for gas that particular day. With EV charging, it's very different. EV charging uh, is determined, the price of a, a charge is determined by the utility company right? Because the utility company is who sells a business, their quote unquote fuel, in this case, electricity. And then that fuel is marked up and sold to the customer. So with gasoline, it's the same model. You get gasoline for uh, X amount of dollars, you mark it up and then you sell it for Y amount of dollars. And that, and the Delta in there is your, is your margin. That's the money that you, you take home and gasoline pricing is more or less standardized. We know what gasoline costs roughly around the country. We know what the average cost of a, of a barrel of oil is coming into the United States. And so it's not a huge mystery as to how much gasoline is going to cost. It might cost different in California than it does in Michigan than it does in Texas. But we know roughly in Texas, you're going to pay this amount of money for a gallon of gasoline. And then in California, your range is a little bit higher, but it's still within a range that you can uh, you know, reliably predict. With EV charging, the price for electricity doesn't just change state from state or city to city or county by county, but it changes street from street. Depending on your business and how much electricity you consume and when you consume it, your price for electricity could be anything, really, and it, and it could vary business by business. And so there's different ways that you could charge a fee to, uh, to charge at an EV charging station. And the first model is going to be charging per kilowatt hour. That's a term that you're going to need to get familiar with, kilowatts and kilowatt hours. That is how uh, the electricity is measured, is gauged, and it's equivalent to, say, a gallon of gasoline. A gallon of gasoline costs X amount of dollars, uh, kilowatt hour costs X amount of dollars, and that's what you pay for uh, when you go to charge. You could also charge per minute. You could say, well, I don't know what my kilowatt hour 
uh, cost is going to be talk, talking as a business owner. I don't know what my kilowatt hour cost is going to be. It fluctuates. I'm not too sure. So I'm going to cut all that out and then I'm just going to charge a fee per minute for every minute that you charge, you're going to get charged. I don't know, a dollar, $2, whatever you want to charge. Right. Um, so that, those are the two different ways that you could charge a fee to charge a vehicle. Now, the problem with that is that could fluctuate all over the place and you don't really know what it's going to be if you go to this charger here and then the next day you go to a charger three miles down the road, it could be completely different. And so the standardization of pricing with EV charging is going to be something that's going to take some time. This is an issue. I mean, this is something uh, that, you know, it, it, I think the only way that it can really be worked through is to actually be worked through, is for the industry to uh, begin to see what works to see what standardization of fees works uh if you're if you're charging by kilowatt hour or if you're charging by minute some charge both and you know it also depends on the the business owner's uh ability to make a profit right the the reason that you're going to see more chargers on the road is because people are going to be able to make money off of it and so they're going to have to you know hit their return on investment, right? Whatever, whatever it costs them to put that charger down in, in a reasonable amount of time. So, you know, and for, I hope this didn't just complicate the, the question of how much does it cost altogether. Uh, but I, I think uh, if to, to wrap this one up and provide some clarity, you're going to want to really pay attention to how much you get charged at one station versus another station and pay attention to if your car is charging a little bit faster at this station versus at this station. And if you're paying more for it, well, then you know why. And, you know, speaking on the equipment that I sell in, in the business that I work in, we sell ChargePoint and ChargePoint is a very good company for this problem because you can look on on the app if you're looking for a charge and it'll pull up a map with all of the chargers uh, be it charge point chargers or, or non-charge point chargers and if it is a charge point charger you can see what the average cost is for say a 10 minute charge so you'll know roughly uh, what you're going to pay for a charge at this particular station so Find a company that you know is reliable that can give you these estimates and, and that can give you uh, you know some some sort of clarity as to what you're going to pay before you get to the charging station and perhaps down the road it'll be standardized uh, sort of like gasoline is right now where it'll be advertised right outside of a station and you'll know exactly what you're going to be paying before you even pull in. So another problem with this gas station model is uh, EV chargers being broken too often. Right, if you go to a gas station. A gas pump might be down, but you might have four or five others that are open. So it's not like you can't get gasoline at that station unless the whole thing is is shut down for whatever reason. If one pump goes down, it's not the end of the world. And Plug in America did a survey of over 3,500 EV chargers last year, and they found that 54% said that they had problems with public chargers, most often finding them broken. And there's an easy explanation for this. The explanation is that there's a lot of chargers out there that are very cheaply manufactured and that do not come with any sort of support system around them. We can think of the solar industry as, a, as an example for this. When solar was really at its peak, at least here in California, the market was flooded with very inexpensive, cheaply made solar panels, mostly from overseas and China and what have you. And that's all good and fine until that equipment goes down. And then when that equipment goes down and you don't have anything to support it, then uh, 
then that's an issue. And that's sort of what we're running into with EV stations. There are EV stations out there that are very inexpensive that you can purchase and set down and they have the technology to take energy from the grid, run it through the charger and put it into your vehicle. And they can do that very well until they can't. And then when they can't, now it's up to the person who's purchased that EV charger, the business owner or what have you, the landowner, wherever the charger's at, to fix that. And the problem there is there's really not that many technicians that work on EV chargers, at least not yet. And so if you purchased a piece of equipment because it was inexpensive to install and you set it down and it works for good for about three or four months and then breaks down, well, now you have to find a technician to go and fix it. And maybe that technician doesn't know how to fix this equipment because it's obscure, because it's, you know, some cheaply made uh, equipment from, you know, overseas or what have you. And, uh, and now you're just left with a broken charger that doesn't charge cars. And that's not good for the industry. So the solution here is to find a company that you know is reliable. Now, uh, again, I am biased. I work with ChargePoint daily, so I know the model in and out, and I can speak to their model, and it works. Their model is that they have uh, you know, really well-built equipment to start with, but then they have a very robust network, and this network uh, accomplishes a couple of things. One, it allows for 24-7, 365-day uh, support with a live uh, uh, support uh, technician, and you could call them up at any time of day, any day of the year, and they you'll get somebody live to talk to to work out issues. And that's usually with, you know, the, the customer facing issues, your apps not working, or, you know, the chargers not reading your vehicle or what have you. The other thing it does is it monitors your actual equipment. And if something goes wrong, that equipment will ping ChargePoint, who will then diagnose what's going wrong. And as long as you're uh, keeping up with the subscriptions for network and, and warranty and things like that, they'll send out a technician to fix your problem within 48 hours, right? They guarantee 98% uptime. And there's other companies out there that do a really good job of this, that, that will be able to diagnose their equipment and have a support system around it. So if it does go down, it's not down for a while. And, and you know, you don't build this reputation of having chargers that are broken down and gosh, we don't need that, right? There's already enough hesitancy around this industry that we don't need this reputation of equipment that just doesn't work every time you go to use it. And so I would say for, you know, folks who are experiencing this issue, do some research, start with ChargePoint if you're listening to this or, or a company that you that you know or have heard of or can trust and, and see what they do for the, the people who actually purchase the equipment and see what kind of services that they offer for upkeep for warranty, for maintenance, for things like that. So that you know that, okay, this company actually supports the, the equipment that they sell and doesn't just, it's not just trying to make a quick buck. Uh, like I said, ChargePoint's a really good one for that. And and there's other companies out there that uh, are, are competing in the industry and are doing so very well because they have this support system. So find a company that you like and that you could trust. And if you f encounter an EV charger that you don't know or you don't trust, or, then just, you know, find another one. Really, truly, just go find another one because you don't want any problems with malfunctioning equipment. It could be a DC fast charger that, uh, you know, isn't hooked up correctly or, or just is really poorly built and will not get you the charge you're looking for and, and leave a, you know, a nasty taste in your mouth. Okay, uh, another issue is the speed of charging. You go to a gas station and you know within three to five minutes you're going to have a full tank of gas and then you can leave. With EV charging, right, you hear things like fast charging. Um, and then the question is, well, how fast is fast? 
And when I'm talking to uh, clients or prospective clients, one of the big questions I get asked all the time, how fast can this charge a car? And that's such a loaded question. And it's so difficult to ask. And, and, and I hate saying that because they're just like, well, just give me a number. And, and, it's, and it's hard because how fast a car can charge is actually determined solely by the vehicle itself. Right. So let's, uh, we're going to talk about level three and level two and fast chargers, slow chargers. We'll get into the technical aspects of that in a little bit, but let's pick a charger that has the capacity for say 350 kilowatts, right? So that's how fast it can charge a vehicle. Um, on the market today, there is no vehicle that can actually take 350 kilowatts. It just doesn't exist, but there are cars that can get close. So the uh, Porsche Taycan, for example, can charge at 270 kilowatts. So you have a 350 kilowatt charger and you have a car that could take 270 kilowatts. So that car will take all 270 of the 350 available kilowatts and it will charge very, very, very fast. The Ford Mustang Mach-E can take 150 kilowatts. Uh, the Tesla can take 250, I believe. And so if you have this 350 kilowatt charger, well then in theory, you've covered all your bases, right? Except for that these pieces of equipment are incredibly expensive. And so Sometimes it's not viable to put this down. It's not viable to spend all of this money just so that you could, you know, uh, zap charge uh, a car that can't even take the, the amount of energy that you can pr produce. Now, let's say that you have a charger that only charges 62 and a half kilowatts. Well, if you get a Porsche Taycan to plug into that charger, then it will take all 62 and a half of the available kilowatts when it could have taken 270. So will it charge slower? Yes, but it's still a DC fast charger. So it's, it's still, the technology is still that it goes straight into the battery and, and, you know, bypasses the, the alternating current and just goes directly into the battery. And it's still considered a fast charger. Technically any, any charger that can charge above 50 kilowatt hours is considered a fast charger. And it, and it, as of right now, the fastest charging charger is 350 kilowatts. But if you want to know how fast will this charge my car? Well, you have to ask what kind of car are you driving and how fast does that car charge? How, how many kilowatts can it take at one time? And that's going to determine how fast your car charges. But rest assured, any DC fast charger that you plug into is still a fast charger. Uh, it just may not be able to provide the maximum amount of kilowatts that your car can take. And another note on fast charging or charging a vehicle. When we say charging a vehicle to full or to 100%, we're actually talking about 80 to 85% uh, charged. And uh, you could think of your cell phone battery in the same way. If you've ever heard somebody that say, you know, don't leave your phone charged all night, or you might have a laptop that is now a desktop computer because you cannot take it away from a, a charging cord for more than five minutes or it'll die. Uh, it's the same thing here in a, in a car battery. If you allowed a charger to charge to 100% full, you run the risk of frying that battery. So the cars have an internal regulator that will actually protect the integrity of the battery by trickle charging very slowly once the car reaches about 80, 85% charged. Okay, another problem that uh, is uh, involved in trying to standardize what EV charging looks like, and that is the port itself. Uh, if you drive a Tesla, then you know that you pretty much only charge at Tesla charging stations because any other charger, at least any other DC fast charger can't really charge your vehicle without an adapter. And so you just go to a Tesla charging station. And, and then, you know, on the flip side, let's say you own a Ford uh, Mustang Mach-E or you own a Chevy uh, Volt or something like that. 
then you couldn't go to a Tesla supercharger. It won't charge your vehicle because the ports are different. So there's three main ports in the industry. There's the Tesla port, there's a CCS port, and then there's a Chatamo port. You don't really have to worry about what those things mean. Just know that they're different. And so there's talk in the industry all the time about a standard port and nobody's really come to a good solution, especially because Tesla, you know, had started building out their giant network. And so it would take a lot of work to turn those over into uh, a universal port. And so somebody who gets paid far more money than I do is going to have to spend a lot of time trying to find a solution to this problem. And we don't know what that will be yet. But just know that there is a solution in the works that the industry is aware of the downfalls of having three different ports to charge. And, you know, quite honestly, the, the manufacturers of these chargers know if there was one port, uh, one universal port, it would make their lives a whole lot easier. And so if you have a vehicle that was manufactured in Asia, you'll have uh, one port, the Chatamo. If you have a car that was manufactured, say in the US, it'll be a CCS. And I think the manufacturers of all EV vehicles that aren't Teslas are moving towards that CCS model. And so I think maybe a good interim solution would be CCS, Tesla, and then we'll, f you know, figure out what the heck to do with Tesla uh, in the future. One more issue to speak about here is payment. If you charge your vehicle with ChargePoint equipment, then you probably know that they don't accept credit cards. Although in California, that's now becoming a law that they have to accept credit cards. But anywhere else outside of California, if you're charging at a ChargePoint charger, you use the app and then you have payment that's uploaded to the app, either a credit card or PayPal or what have you. And that has seemed to work pretty well. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that there's people who will go to a charger like a charge point and go to like swipe their, their credit card and then they don't have that option and are just kind of like, what the heck? Who doesn't provide that option? So it's going to look different than going to a gas pump where you can just put your credit card in, charge for your gas and then leave. And charge point's not the only one. I know Blink chargers don't have a credit card reader. Green Lots chargers don't have a credit card reader, but some other commercially uh, available chargers do have that. Um, it's just another avenue where something can go wrong. So if you could remove that altogether, um, you know, payment processing for, for those who don't know, it's, it, it's can be an incredibly uh, difficult process and, and very complicated. And you have to find a network and you have to find the hardware and you have to find a processor and it gets really complicated. So being able to bring that all into one closed package, like ChargePoint and Blink do, then, uh, you know, it not only does it cut down on cost, it makes it a little bit easier. And, and, you know, after a couple of uses, you know what the deal is. And I don't know that payment processing from payment data on your phone is really that revolutionary of an idea that we've been doing that for quite a long time. So I, I don't see that being a huge issue. But California has thought it would it was enough of an issue to make a, a rule uh, that, that requires all these new installations to actually have credit card readers. There has been talk about how available EV chargers are in terms of being open 24-7 and accessible whenever. Gas stations are open 24-7 and so I don't see EV chargers not being open 24-7, especially if it's at a public area. In California here where, where we, we have a lot of rebates and grants, these rebates and grants actually require that your chargers are open 24-7 to the public in order to qualify. And so uh, it's a question that's been raised. I don't see it being a huge issue. Uh, 
go anywhere that you charge and you, I think you'll find that these things are open 24-7. They don't need attendance anyway. So uh, I, the fact that, that this is a, a point of concern for some people, I, I think is a little bit unfounded. And there might be some that don't have 24-7 access, but I know a majority of chargers out there that are open to the public do. There was two other things uh, that that were brought up as uh, possible roadblocks to EV chargers resembling the gas station model. One being that the space is too small, and that is true. There's some gas stations that actually can't accept EV chargers because their footprint is too small. That's a problem, but not necessarily a problem for the EV driver. It's more of a problem for the business owner. So I don't see it being a barrier to charging. And then the other thing that was brought up was the difficulty of locating these chargers. And yes, that is a concern right now because there aren't, I don't say there's not many, there's plenty of chargers out there, but they're, they're not as plentiful as say gas stations, right? Gas stations are on every corner of every street in any city. And I, you can't go like more than 50 miles without finding one basically anywhere you go in the United States. So they're not as reliable in terms of location as a gas station. But if you own an, e an EV, if you own an electric vehicle, then you know you're going to need to find a place to charge. And so you more than likely have that contingency uh, set up already. If you have the ChargePoint app, then you know there's a map that shows you where all the chargers are. Like I said, not only ChargePoint chargers, but any charger that's on a network that this map can find. And there are plenty of other apps out there that allow you to do that. So again, yeah, they're not as plentiful and easy to find as gas stations because gas stations are literally everywhere. I know that some EV chargers are on freeways, like if you're going on the 15 up to Vegas, if there's an EV charger off the freeway, there'll be a sign on the freeway that lets you know there's an EV charger. You can go and charge right there. But like I said, if you have a car, you know you're going to need a charge. It's probably something that you've looked up already. So I hope that covered a lot of uh, concerns with what the EV charging model is going to look like uh, in terms of infrastructure. Will it look like a gas station? Probably uh, will look similar to a gas station, but it will have to you know, bend to to the uh, needs of the of the electric vehicle owner and their charging needs. Uh, know that uh, it's not going to look exactly the same. But if we can make it so that it's easy to charge and relatively fast to charge anywhere you plug in, then I think the adoption of electric vehicles is going to be uh, much more warmly accepted through the general public. Okay, so let's talk real quickly about some technical stuff. And that is uh, the difference between a level two and a level three charger. You might have heard these terms thrown around and, and kind of wondered what they mean. Uh, you might know what a slow charger is or a fast charger or a level two or a level three, but you're not quite sure what all goes into that. So uh, we'll, we'll go into it a little bit here and start with level two charging. Level two charging is designated level two for a couple of reasons. One, because of the output of electricity. So I think at the maximum, a level two charger can output 12, 12 and a half kilowatts. And, and we're talking about like publicly available commercial EV chargers. You might have something at home that does it a little bit faster and uh, that's fine. But for public charging, if you're going to a level two, then it's probably going to be about 12 and a half kilowatts. So for reference, it'll charge your car from zero to full in about six to eight hours. That's how long it takes. And it requires less electricity than does a level three. So a level two can run off of regular 220 volt power and even, you know, not even three phase. It could be single phase. 30 amps, right? Uh, pretty simple stuff, kind of like plugging in a dryer kind of thing. A level three charger takes way, way more electricity, but it can charge a whole lot faster. A level three charger, 
depending on the vehicle and the actual equipment itself, and we went over this you know, earlier, it can charge your vehicle from zero to full in about an hour, maybe 45 minutes, maybe even 35 minutes, depending on, like I said, on the vehicle and the equipment. But uh, for a good reference is, is an hour, 45 minutes, uh, zero to full. And it requires 480 volt, three phase power, usually about 100 amps, sometimes 200 amps, depending on the, the power, the juice that it's providing. So that is really simply that is the difference between the two if you're looking on an app if you're new to evs and you want to figure out where to go to get the fast charger usually your app will allow you to designate if you're looking for a dc fast or just a regular level two and then you can narrow it down from there and then you can even i know on the charge point app you can narrow it down to actual charging network so you can specify a certain piece of equipment that you want to go to level three chargers are going to cost you I don't know that there are very many, if any, places that provide level three power for free. And that's because it costs a lot of money to put in. And so a lot of these businesses are trying to recoup their costs. A level two charger usually is either really cheap or even free, depending on where you're at, what you're doing. If you're staying at a hotel and you're a guest, they may offer it as a perk. Uh, I like to tell my customers that level two charging is usually an amenity. It's usually something that uh, you put in to uh, appease EV drivers. And uh, a level three uh, installation is something that you do for profit. It's something that can make you money. A level two could make you money, but because you're putting out uh, such a little electricity, you know, you would need to require every car to be charging there for like six hours, or five hours uh, and charge, you know, relatively expensive fee in order to, to make your money. So you can make your money back, but it's like I said, it's an amenity. Level two is an amenity. Level three is something that you know, you could actually profit on and the, the level threes are what's going to mirror the gas station model. The level twos will be, gosh, pretty much anywhere that you can park your car for a while. So parking garage, hotel, shopping plaza, anywhere you're, where your car is going to be parked for more than an hour. And then a level three charger, you know, that could be at a gas station. That could be at a rest stop. That could be at a fast casual restaurant. Um, that could be at anywhere your car is going to a bank, right? Uh, bank of America, I think has a deal with electrify America. And so you can go to the bank, charge your car. You'll be there for probably less than an hour. And so you'll get a decent amount of juice in the time that you're parking. So anywhere where your car is going to be parked for less than an hour, level three makes sense. So I hope all of this was helpful. If you have any questions about what we spoke about today, or you'd like to know anything about uh, EV charging, renewables, or, or anything within that sphere, please, please, please drop us a line. Uh, you can uh, reach out to us uh, at bummerdude.media at gmail.com. That's bummerdude.media at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time. Parts of this episode used information published in an article on eenews.net titled Can EV Chargers Act Like Gas Stations? That Won't Be Easy by David Ferris. Renewables Weekly is a Bummer Dude media production. Copyright Bummer Dude 2022.